Hello, everyone. Welcome to They're Not Cousins, our seminal episode. Oh, seminal is not a good <laughs> word to use, but we're going to use it. So I know that we should probably start out by talking about ourselves. Um, I'm Josie. I am a Taurus, and I hate long walks on the beach. Walking on the beach in general is not good. It's too hot for your feet, and I don't like being outside. So that's about me. Awesome. And I'm Allie. Uh, I too do not like the heat or pretty much anything. I do like cats, however. I'm a big fan of cats and tea. So if you would like to wire me money for uh, more tea and another cat, I would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Oh, it's so early. We're already looking for sponsors. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Cassie. And um, I like the sun and the heat. So... You could take me on a tropical vacation. Yay! That escalated so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, aim high. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So just as a kind of an introduction as to what this podcast actually is, if you've found it, it's probably because you are at least somewhat interested in anime that happened in the 1990s. A good year, a very good year for anime. It was. It was a great. It was a great ten year. <laughs> Just vintage. Mm, love it. Goes great with a cheese. Any kind of cheese. Delicious. So we are here uh, to talk about some of the anime that we loved when we were in our uh, not really formative years, because I don't know if your early teens counts as a formative year. Oh, I think it does. I, I mean, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, But basically, these are anime that we have, at least in some capacity, watched, but we never actually finished watching them. So we figure that now we are in our mid-30s, and it's time for us to actually give them a fair shot. Yeah, our clocks are ticking. Like, our biological clocks are telling (laughs) us it's time to finish that anime before you die. Exactly. Like, death creeps up on all of us. Am I right, girls? Ha 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 ha. No. Oh, I'm immortal. (laughs) Ah, crap. Sorry. See, it's good to get that stuff in the introductions, Cassie. But yeah, Cassie's immortal. Um, She stole an idol from an ancient crypt. It's a whole thing. I don't like to talk about it. And to be fair, you don't have to. Thanks for respecting my boundaries. You're welcome. Aw, respect. (laughs) So I guess the, uh, the question then is what show... Are we going to start with? And it seems like a good choice is the one that everyone has already watched and talked about. And literally everyone has their own podcast for it. But we're also doing our podcast for it, which is Sailor Moon. Yes. We're very original. (laughs) You have no idea. Yeah. This came from basically all of us saying to each other, like screaming at each other, we have to watch Sailor Moon together and talk about it. And... We're all coming at it from different places. I watched it in secret growing up and saw the Deke version, which a lot of people think is very bad, but I think it has a lot of good aspects to it as well. Um, I know that sounds very convincing, but (laughs) I honestly enjoy it. There's a little bit of ironic love for some of the stupid things that are in there. And um, that's kind of what we wanted to do with the podcast. The reason it's called They're Not Cousins is because in the original version that was ported over to the United States, a lot of censorship happened because of the time period, and two of the characters were in a romantic relationship, and instead it was decided, oh, they're cousins. So as we say, we don't know everything or anything about Sailor Moon necessarily, but we know that they're not cousins. Not at all. (laughs) So I'm going to be approaching this from, oh, I have nostalgia for the Deke version. And I know that both of you watched the original sub, correct? I also watched the Deke version growing up. And I don't know, I was deeply in love with it. And of course, they only released so many episodes. And I would get to that final episode convinced that there would magically be more after it. And then it would just start again from the beginning instead. And then I would watch every single episode again, convinced that more episodes would magically appear. Then it restart. So I've probably seen the Deke version as a child 20 times. Wow, it was like a real Groundhog Day situation for you. Yes. I don't know why I thought more would appear. I think I was just crazy. Well, to be fair, though, you were right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) technically it did, but... Oh, 
too funny. No, no, I, I am, you know, kind of an outlier in that I did not watch much of the Deke dub as a kid. I had a next door neighbor who she was younger than me and I had to babysit and she loved it. And I was like, Sailor Moon sounds like the dumbest thing I have ever heard of. Why on earth are you trying to make me watch this? I don't like you. You're a child. Uh, you know, being two years older, clearly I had a lot of uh, things to say about that, right? That's very on brand for Allie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, but uh, what ended up turning me onto it in the end was being in about seventh grade when I was, you know, starting to become friends with Cassie. Yay! I know. Woohoo! I actually I stumbled upon a how to draw Sailor Moon website, which oh, sounds. I love it. I know, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh. I could learn how to draw Sailor Moon. This seems cool. And then I was like, oh, guess what, guys? I'm into Sailor Moon now. And Cass was like, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) let's watch it. Like, who isn't? Exactly. So that's how I learned about Sailor Moon and started liking it. From there, I went down the rabbit hole. I have seen the first and second seasons of Sailor Moon. So I've seen Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon R. Uh, I've also seen S and Stars. So I've seen four out of the five seasons of Sailor Moon. I skipped Super S because I hate Chibiusa. And again, it's because I don't like children. So I'm kind of taking this from the the perspective of somebody who has seen the bulk of the show in its original Japanese form through fan subs and then the original uh, Viz translation that has been currently running for the past few years. I'm just interested in, in seeing if... At the end of this, I have an actual appreciation for Chibiusa, or if I just still think that she is the most annoying character in the history of anime. I remember not liking her, but I don't know if that's because I literally just saw whatever episode was on the day that I happened to catch it. Um, And so I didn't have a lot of information on who that character was, why there was like a baby in the show all of a sudden, (laughs) and like what her role was in this superhero show is really what it is. So yeah, I I remember also having negative opinions, but that could just be because I was ignorant and still am ignorant, actually. Uh, rewatching this first episode, there were a lot of things in it that I did not remember. But yeah, I think this rewatch is going to be really good for me because I have probably seen the least out of all of us. Yeah. And you know, like I've said, I, I have seen the bulk of the show. It is something that, um, that, once I got over myself and was like, yes, Allie, you love this stupid superhero show, you know, girl power and all that from the 90s. It's kind of interesting for me to start thinking about coming back to this at this age in my life where it's like, yeah, I I love this stupid show. Does it actually hold up, right? Do I love it just because of nostalgia or is there actually something there that I think is worth coming back to? Plus, I told my therapist that's the whole reason why I'm recording uh, a podcast. So I feel like if I were not to stick to that, uh, he would be disappointed in me. Oh, no. You're paying too much money (laughs) to just sit there and have someone be disappointed at you. Disappointed! Exactly. But to be fair, he's a good therapist. so He wouldn't be overly upset with me. (laughs) I just imagine your therapist being like, Allie, you didn't give Sailor Moon a chance. I'm very disappointed in you. Oh, and then I'm crying. And the therapist's office is covered in wall scrolls and there's plushies everywhere. <laughs> oh, and he has like a mall katana on his desk. <laughs> oh no, it's me. <laughs> we have officially navel gazed for way too long. Our navels are there. They are valid. I love that for them. But it's time to get into the episode. Cassie, do you want to read us off the officially sanctioned plot synopsis? Uh, yes. So, this time on Sailor Moon, Episode 1, The Crybaby, Usagi's Beautiful Transformation. Usagi Tsukino is a schoolgirl who's always finding herself in unwanted trouble. One day she meets a talking cat who reveals that dark forces are threatening the innocent. Usagi is transformed into Sailor Moon, a guardian who fights for justice. Oh boy! Now... So this is something that I've been thinking very deeply on. Uh, this show originally was airing in Japan in 1992. Do we need spoiler alerts? No. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. 
If we get a single email from someone saying spoilers, I'm going to delete their email from their computer. (laughs) You hacker. Yeah, I will hire a cyberpunk guy with a robot arm to just jack into the internet, which sounds gross. It is gross. And he's going to just delete their email. That's what's going to happen. Perfect. I think you can get somebody on Fiverr these days. Definitely. So I wanted to start out by talking about the theme song because the theme song is great and it always has been and I love it and I always will. And that's not really commentary, but that's just the truth. Yes, totally agree. And I'm I'm very excited to see what as you know, we continue going on your thoughts about the ending theme songs because I hate Super S, the Chibiusa season, but damn, that song is a banger. Oh, this is my jam right here. What? This song sucks. Good to know. <laughs> but yeah, getting into the like beginning of the episode, uh, in the deke dub, the original, there is this giant moment of exposition. It's like literally five minutes of an Ancient Aliens episode where they talk about a thousand years ago there being people living on the moon. And this is so unbearable to watch today because it just smacks of not trusting the audience to get it. It's just, it's telling you everything about what's happening later in the show in a way that is completely unsatisfying. And it doesn't (laughs) help that in the talking between Rita Repulsa and Queen Serenity, they basically have two lip flaps to use between the two of them. So you're just looking at a dead screen for the whole thing. It is awful. Crystalline wand can combat the power of the Negaforce. Never let our enemies get them, or the universe is doomed. I felt like I needed to bring that up because the beginning of this episode is so satisfying when you don't have that in the way, and I'm kind of glad that I had forgotten about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't remember that part of the Deke dub. I think I only remember the parts that I liked, but I feel like at the time it was kind of like, oh, our kids gonna get this because it's very episodic whereas a lot of cartoons that i was watching at the time weren't so episodic so maybe they were like oh they're not gonna get the story so we better like prime them for it right and i totally agree that's why they did it i just feel like that's completely underestimating the ability of kids and young adults to follow along with a a story that has like a couple of small twists and turns you know right but also uh kind of going back to what Cass was saying in the 90s episodic shows for children weren't a thing it was basically like hey we have these 20 or 30 episodes that we've recorded we are going to play them out of sequence and out of order you have no way of knowing that if you uh tune into a show at a time that you're actually going to see the story continued So I think that there's that also playing in with um, the fact that so much was cut out of the Deke dub that they felt like they needed to have that weird sequence in the opening of the show to kind of remind you like, hey, you know, this this is the the overall story that you're probably not actually getting. Uh, I guess that's fair. Do you guys feel like that would be an improvement or helpful to people? I mean, no, no. (laughs) Not at all. Okay, so we're we're in agreement here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy because I'm watching it and like, oh, this is un- insufferable, you know? Yeah, no, it's it was not a good idea. Um, but to be fair, Haim Saban was not a good idea. So here we are. <laughs> so instead of having this giant dump of information that doesn't come until way later in the show, as far as I know, Usagi gives us a normal amount of exposition that actually makes sense to a human being. I'm 14 years old and go to Juban Middle School. I'm a bit of a klutz and sometimes get teased for being a little emotional. And I have to say, as much as the voice actress uh, for Usagi that they have in this version is really cute, she's awesome, I like her a lot, I really miss Terry Hawks. I am Sailor Moon, the champion of justice! I don't know if either of you feel the same way. I have no opinion. (laughs) That was very diplomatic, Ellie, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Well, no, because like I said, my exposure to the original Deke dub was whatever Cassie had on VHS. And then I was torrenting before torrents were a thing, right? Uh, I was getting all of the real media episodes that I could find that people had fan subbed. I have a huge bias toward the original voice actress who incidentally continued on into Sailor Moon Crystal, which I also dislike. uh, And that's, I guess, a story for another time. (laughs) What do you think, Cass? I mean... Obviously, that holds a special place in my heart. 
because it's the first thing that I saw. So it has that nostalgia factor. I think I have a very high tolerance for the Deke dub because I saw it as a child. And probably watching it again now, I'd be like, oh no. What is she doing? Oh no. You're gonna be a sailor pancake at the bottom of the elevator shaft. I don't want to be a pancake. I know that... (laughs) It's not the same kind of voice acting that we have today. It's it's less clean. It's less, I don't know, formalized, I guess. But Terry Hawks's voice is somehow relatable to me. Like it's goofy and weird. And I feel like it gives Serena or Usagi a lot of character. I also wanted to just take a note because I did a little bit of research for this. The most recent credit that she has is stuff like Care Bears, but she was also a toast on Bee and Puppycat, which is a great show and everyone should watch that. Yeah, Bee and Puppycat is absolutely adorable. (laughs) Yeah, really great. If you like Sailor Moon, you're going to love Bee and Puppycat and it's, it's very short. It's probably like 30 minutes altogether, but I will always miss that Serena voice. Just saying. (laughs) That's okay. Maybe you can get her to come and talk to you. As Serena. Oh my god, that would be a dream. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Contact her on Fiverr. Oh no, is she on Fiverr? Hang on. I mean, she might. Like, (laughs) how else do you get jobs in this economy? Well, yeah, that would be lovely. Just getting like a birthday (laughs) message from Serena. I could die happy at that point. Oh, please don't die. We need you. You're the only one who knows how to edit audio. (laughs) Yeah, the podcast is already dead in the water. Oh my gosh. Speaking of this podcast. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. So Usagi is 14. She brings this up in in her exposition. Which that made me cry. I always imagine the Sailor Scouts as being like 16 or 18. They're going to get there and you're going to (laughs) cry. I'm just letting you know, like, please prepare yourself. Like, I feel very strongly about this because I'm an emotional woman. And I guess the reason that I love the show so much is because, like, like you're growing up along with her and the rest of the Senshi. Sidebar, I'm going to call them Senshi. I'm not going to call them Guardians. I am not going to call them Scouts. They are soldiers. They are Sailor Soldiers. The original Japanese title of the show was Pretty Soldier Sailor Moon. I feel like calling them by any other name gives them a disservice to the role that they play in protecting the galaxy. And because they're 14, that means they're child soldiers. (laughs) Exactly. They're in the Space Force. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I just wanted to say that Sleepy Usagi at the beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. that we get is mood. Oh my god. Every morning. Uh huh. Also hungry. Hungry Usagi is me. I wake up. I didn't sleep well. I'm sleepy. I'm going to eat. Still hungry. Just like, damn. But that's the thing. She forgets her lunch. And then she also skips breakfast. I know that later on in the show, they all get magic powers based on planets at some point. But like, this might be the most unrealistic part of the show to me is that she just she forgets all food completely. And that is madness. Do I just love food too much? I don't know. Is that what's happening? I think she's running late, so she's like all like, oh no, I'm sleepy and I'm running late. Yeah, I don't have time for food. Oh, don't have time for food. I don't know, there's priorities, you know? But she starts eating it in the hallway, so, you know, obviously it's important to her too. (laughs) And is it a continuity error that she does have her lunch? No, her mom calls her back to give it to her. Did she? Ah. Okay, well, good good job, Ikuko. Yeah, there's there's a very charming dialogue with uh, with Usagi and her mom. Why did you wake me up sooner, Mom? I'm late now! I did try several times, dear, and each time you just told me to go away. I don't remember that! It's really cute and really wonderful, and I don't know if that's the kind of thing I would have noticed when I was growing up, but their relationship feels very nice and very homey, which uh, does not prepare you for what's going to happen later on in the episode. <laughs> Speaking of Usagi going to school, uh, she's on her way to school when she comes across some tiny, tiny baby children torturing a cat, Mm. as you do. Uh, No, you don't do that. (laughs) Who are you? Please don't torture a cat. Josie, (laughs) what have I told you? (laughs) I learn everything I know from anime. That's the problem. (laughs) And yet you haven't watched it. Uh, Yeah, that's that's true. I've watched an episode and a half of this and... um, 13 minutes of an episode of My Hero Academia. That's all I've ever watched. (laughs) Anyway, uh, 
So these kids are just being dicks to a cat and Usagi shoos them away, which establishes that she is definitely willing to stand up to a large number of infants in the name of justice. (laughs) Uh, I assume most of the enemies on this show are pre-K, which is a very brave choice on the writer's part. Yep, they're all just like babies. She's punching babies left and right. That's, you knew, you figured it out. Yeah, babies and now we know why I like this show, because they're punching babies. Yeah, I would think that would draw you in instantly, is the idea exactly. of someone who is finally willing to stand up to tiny, tiny children. Now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went too far. Well, let's talk about the Band-Aid then. Um, did those kids put that Band-Aid on that cat? Because that is a weird thing to do, not just because it's a waste of Band-Aids, because you're going to get fur on them and then it's just going to fall off. <laughs> The kids wanted the cat to do something. Usagi assumes that they put the band-aid on. Who put the band-aid on this cat? Maybe the cat. The kids just thought the cat had a boo-boo. Which yeah. I also want to talk about the bald spot comment that Usagi makes. Yes. That raises so many questions for me. Does she think that cats have yellow skin? <laughs> well, that's the thing. What is the crescent moon? We're watching a cartoon, so we don't know. Is that her skin? Is that a bald spot? Is it fur? Is it a little plastic thing that's on her face? I've never thought about this before, and I hate it. Is that what makes them moon cats, is they have yellow skin? Yeah, I guess. What if it's made out of cheese? Like, the what if the cats are made out of cheese, and that's why they're yellow, and that's why their bald spot looks like that? Well, yeah, because that's what the moon is made out of, okay? So, of course, the cats are made out of cheese. Cheese cats is now canon for this podcast. Um, Cheese cats. And and I just (laughs) want to say, this cheese cat is way better at eyeliner and mascara than I am. I had to point that out just looking Mm. at at this cat. Yeah, the the cheese cat has really, um, like, captured that wide-eyed, dewy look. (laughs) She should have her own channel, like, influencer channel. Oh my god, I would watch that. A cat with a makeup channel? Oh god, I would watch it. Well, yeah, now that cooking with dog is gone, we need something else to pin all of our hopes and dreams on an animal teaching us how to do something. How dare you bring up Francis? How dare you? Sorry, I know, it's still too raw. Too real. Oh, I made myself sad. We get to school with Usagi. She's eating her lunch for breakfast, which is just a recipe for disaster. Um, but I have to talk about uh, Usagi's teacher, who is literally Kurama from Yu Yu Hakusho. Did anyone else see this? I mean, she, yeah, she de- she kind of has the same vibe. Okay, so sidebar tangent. You might be picking up on that because Naoko Takeuchi, the creator of Sailor Moon, is married to the guy who did Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter, Crocs Hunter. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they're the mangaka power couple of the 90s that everybody didn't know that they needed, but we did because they were the 90s. They are the 90s. <laughs> Thank you, Allie, for actually being the educated person here. I had no idea about that. Yep, if you were to look up a listicle about, you know, like, 10 things you didn't know about Sailor Moon, that would be like number seven or so on the list. <laughs> But no, Haruna Sensei is just, she is so good. She is such a good teacher, and uh, I love her character so much. Yeah, she's very enjoyable, and I dig a bright fuchsia power suit. It's just so... mm, Yeah, exactly. You know she's in charge. But as we'll see in coming episodes, that's like the only outfit she owns. I mean, yeah, but fashion alert. Why did she need anything else? Exactly. So moving on from that, we get to the scene with, um, I guess her name is Naru, which I don't, my brain broke when we got to the scene and blood just started gushing out of my nose and eyes and ears because this was Molly. This was Molly with the cute New York (laughs) accent. I don't know how to anchor myself in an anime if there isn't someone with an insane New York accent. Brooklyn Rage! Yeah, she did have that, like... Was it, was it New York accent or was it like a Jersey accent? It was something like that, right? There's a lot of crossover there. But I am sad that Naru is Molly and Molly is now Naru. Fortunately for me, Melvin is still the same. Thank God. Well, don't be sad. I slacked off a little this time too, so I only got a 95. <laughs> yeah, so I love Umino. I love him so much. He is such a nerd. I did watch these episodes 
in both the original Japanese because, you know, I'm a weeb, but also I watched it in the dub version too. And I have to say that I was not a huge fan of the way that they decided to nerd up Umino. I, I felt like they're making him seem more of a caricature than he actually is, uh, because as a character, he does have depth. That's fascinating, because I always saw him as a dumb voice on a weird character. <laughs> so judgy. I, I mean, I loved him, and I still love him. Um, I'm getting used to calling him Umino. I was tempted to call him Umelvino, but I then he started sounding like a really <laughs> powerful Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Melvin! It occurs to me that in this synopsis, we should probably mention that Usagi went to school after saving this cat, and then she got really bad grades on one of her tests. I think she got a 30, which is very, very bad. Although very easy to change into an 80 if you are sneaky, which Usagi is not, apparently. No, she's a very honest girl. (laughs) But I do feel for her getting a 30 on a math test. That is around the time that I started being bad at math in my own life when I was 14. So like hiding bad math tests from my parents. It's another thing that I have in common with Usagi. Yeah, very relatable. (laughs) I can't comment on that. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, you were a good kid. You know math. You can add numbers. I do know math. I'm good at number. Yeah, you do. (laughs) All right. It's now your job to keep track of which episode number we're on. It's one. We're on episode one. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's easy now. Wait till we get into the square root episode. Like, oh, no, it's pi day. No. We're on episode uh, cube root of nine. You laugh now. But when we have to break out the Texas instrument calculators. Or the abacus. Oh, geez. (sighs) Love a good abacus. You know who else loves a good abacus is Naru. Or, uh, sorry, Melvin. Uh, Umino. <laughs> Umino. Fine, Umino. Fine, fine. You won't even let me have Melvin. Uh, you're right. No, I I am a taskmaster. Melvin's a bad name. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody will be able to stop me as long as there's life on the internet. So uh, Umino and Naru are both trying to basically talk Serena down from this. <laughs> wow. This is going to happen through the entire podcast, by the it way. It is, but I'm hoping that by the time we get to episode 200, you're going to have kicked the habit because this is, it will have nothing to do with the uh, Sailor Moon you grew up with. I mean, Serena was a good name, though, to like, it is, make yeah. it, you know, it made sense. Like, her mother's Serenity, she's Serena. Like, I got where they got that name. Now it's Chibi Usa's name that I had a problem with. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Freeny. That's not a name. But I suppose it's it's a diminutive of Serena. Yeah, I get where they get it from, but I hate it. Just a deep, unending sea of loathing inside my heart (laughs) for that name. That's a beautiful description for so it inspired something nice. Yeah. Loathing. It inspired loathing. (laughs) Beautiful loathing. Which uh, I would say that Naru and Serena definitely have for... I did it again. Do do we have to, like, get an air horn noise to edit in every time that happens? (laughs) If I'm editing the podcast, yes. There will be, be, like, an ant noise or something. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So anyway, Usagi and Naru would definitely have loathing for Umino because Umino is all about how good he did on the test compared to Usagi, who is you know, obviously garbage at grades. And they start talking about Sailor V. Sailor v. I remember being very excited when I was watching the Deke dub to see a character that was actually like, oh, these are the characters on the show is Sailor V. So it's not just this episode about middle school life, which I was already going through. She is literally cooler than everyone in the show so far. Um, Part of the reason why I say this is because Melvin Mm. says that she works with the police in a special crime unit, which uh, I love. I love, love, love the idea of like Ice-T and Richard Beltzer looking at a decomposing (laughs) body in a fishing net. And they're like, you see those lacerations? Looks like a crime of passion to me. What do you think, V? And then Sailor V steps up and says, I don't know. I don't believe in mermaids, Sarge. And then we get the sting music into commercial. (laughs) Dun dun. What I also love is that Sailor V, Sailor Venus, she canonically hates the police. (laughs) So it also makes you at least think that she's seen the shit that goes down with the police. As much as I love my special victims unit, Sailor V uh, headcanon, I like Antifa Sailor V even better. Yeah, she sees all the graft 
in the corruption in the criminal justice system, and that's why she takes matters into her own hands. It's interesting because in the Deke version, she's more referenced as being in a video game than anything. It almost makes you question whether she's fictional. Whereas in this version, they're basically saying, oh yeah, she's in a video game and also she stopped an actual robbery in real life. Which I think is great. You should absolutely have a pretty soldier who can do both. (laughs) And I also like how it sets the scene for, oh, this is a world in which there are crime-fighting superheroes. So it's, you know, less of a jump when, surprise, we got a crime-fighting superhero out of Usagi. Yeah, and it it definitely lets us experience the narrative through Usagi. You know, she's not as cool as Sailor V, and she says so in this episode, but she gets to a point where she ends up leading a squad of child soldiers. (laughs) Um, So the answer to this problem where Usagi's grades are bad is uh, capitalism. Because Naru screams, get in, bitch, we're going shopping. Yeah. I was surprised because in the Deke version, they're very much like, oh, yeah, we love jewelry. We love shopping. We're girls. We like doing this stuff. And I was like, surely in the original Japanese, it was different. (laughs) No, that's exactly what happens. I would love to have a diamond ring. I want ruby earrings. Oh, me too. I would love a pair of them. So sparkly. You know, sometimes when you feel bad, you have to just go and buy something for yourself. Uh, you know, it's not the best idea for your wallet, for your long-term financial health and literacy, but it's something that you just do for that little pick-me-up. I mean, I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Why do you think I bought nail polish yesterday? <laughs> well, I mean, nail polish is different from a $300 a diamond ring, but we'll get into that. Hey, yeah, <laughs> that ring was marked down from five thousand dollars. So yeah, that jewelry store is the coals of jewelry stores. <laughs> Before we can get into them going to the store to buy their extremely overpriced jewelry, we get some of the exposition that I was mm. talking about. We have an HR Geiger throne and Queen Beryl, who definitely is not Rita Repulsa. who needs to collect the Dragon Balls, and she has big early Disney villain vibes. Anybody else get that? Oh, yeah. And I will just go on the record here, letting everybody who listens to this know that I love the friggin' villains so much. They are so good, despite being cookie-cutter caricatures of one another. Like, look at Queen Beryl. She is a woman in charge. She has great style. And all of the servants who report to her directly are men that she just basically steps on and she basically directs them to to do her bidding. So I'm here for that. And it's one of those things where the the bad guys are unapologetically evil. They're Mm -hmm. just, they're doing bad and they love it. They're here for it and you love to see it. Exactly. Whenever I'm watching this, I'm always like, who is the giant creepy skull that's behind her? Did she kill a dragon and put that there? Like, where did that skull come from? And where can I get one? Oh, you know what? I bet you could get it in Sky Mall if Sky Mall was still a thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's gone along with the 90s. No, the last time I flew, Sky Mall was definitely still a thing. But I don't think we'll be flying anytime soon. So womp womp. Oh, yeah. So we can't get them. Bummer. We'll have to, um, I don't know, we'll have to rely on some kind of YouTube cosplayer genius (laughs) to, to ship us our Queen Barrel Thrones. Perfect. My favorite thing about this scene by far, and I don't know if both of you have listened to the English version, um, but Beryl says the line, have we been able to make any progress in locating the legendary silver crystal yet? And all of her minions in unison say, no. This delivery is incredible. (laughs) It's like the way a bad self-help group would respond. The next question is definitely, did you try to locate the legendary silver crystal? No. (laughs) I imagine that that is exactly what happens if you go to a Scientology meeting. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. The Scientologists are looking for the silver crystal. (laughs) I mean, they're looking to recruit people so that they can take their money. Oh, well, if any of them have crystals, I'm sure they'll accept that as payment as well. (laughs) Good call. I love it. We're getting very topical. So the guy who stands up and decides that he's not going to have any of the cake in the conference room across the hall uh, is Jadeite who this guy would fit in perfectly at Revolutionary Girl Lutana's high school. Or at least I thought. Oh, definitely. He's totally a dualist. Yes, he doesn't know it yet. Although, fun fact, again, with Allie's trivia corner, although not in this season, Sailor Moon R, S, and Super S were all directed by the Revolutionary Girl Lutana guy, Kunihiko Ikuhara. So 
There's a lot of stuff happening that is just speaking to my soul uh, as a person who loves 90s anime. I guess it shouldn't be surprising that the shows that were produced in this era, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say cannibalism, but a lot of the same people all doing the same kind of stuff. Right. Um, I mean, personally, I could just imagine Jadai like snidely discussing moral philosophy while laying on a Lambo, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And just on another note, it was only very recently that I noticed that Jadeite had green, um, what's that white, the white part of your eyes? The sclera? The sclera. Yeah, he had green sclera, which makes me excited to see if, as we continue with the other um, generals of the Dark Kingdom, uh, if they also have color-changing sclera lenses. Very fashionable. There's a lot of, I mean, in this first episode, there's already a lot of great fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, which I wanted to ask you, Cass, because you have been to Japan and know things about Japan. It's weird that he's wearing like a middle school outfit, right? Like a middle school uniform. I mean, yeah, I don't not you wouldn't see people like wearing that type of outfit out in public. Generally, grown men, you're not going to see like a school uniform type of style like you could. <laughs> <laughs> but you're probably not okay great i just i just wanted to make sure because i have never been i see that kind of thing a lot in anime and i have to always question is this a normal thing or is this just an anime thing i mean most guys if they're not wearing a suit they're just wearing like some sort of normal outfit very similar to like probably what you would see here pants and a shirt <laughs> I get the feeling that this podcast is going to be an exercise in Josie finding out that Japan is way more boring than she thinks it is. Sorry, no robots. Aww. Yeah, you can go to a robot cafe. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you see people dressed up in costumey stuff, but even that is sort of considered very strange by people in Japan. You're not going to see people running down the street wearing costumes. Right, that's more of a Harajuku kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and even those people don't really feel like they're wearing costumes. They're wearing street fashion to express their own personal style and how they want to be perceived, and they don't really want it be to be considered like a costume. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. And so Jada is probably not one of those people. No, he just he's just honestly wearing his uniform and doesn't understand that when he goes out in public, like he should change into something else. Right, okay. Yeah, he doesn't understand that, like he should wear like a normal outfit so he doesn't stand out. He comes from a kingdom that that like that's just normal for him. Yeah, I mean if you look at all the people in the background they're just wearing like cloaks and stuff. So, I think they just that's how they dress there. They just uh wear whatever they want. Queen Beryl is fashionable as heck. <laughs> I love that dress that she's wearing and I want one. But mm -hmm. her minions really need some help is what I'm hearing. Speaking of villains and their plans, we go back to Naru's mom's jewelry store where she is screaming at the people in the store through a, a paper cone, I'm guessing. It's actually like made out of fiberglass. It's like a loudspeaker kind of, but instead of having actual mechanical component, oh. it's just like a funnel. Okay. And so this isn't something that would normally happen in the store. Like maybe this is a, for comedic effect? Uh, Yeah. You know, you can picture somebody being at a pep rally or something, like, go team, woo, like yelling into it. In America, I guess that, like, that would be kind of the vibe. Except in this case, it's yelling, go team, buy my shit. Buy my buck. So we are in the store and we find out that Jadeite is planning to use the store for evil purposes. And we find that out with a backing track from Jadeite's Energy Collection Lounge Music 16 CD set. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because I literally wrote down jazzy mood for Jadeite. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and I don't know if it's still available, but I know that for, there, for a while, sailormusic.net was a thing where you could go in and you could download all of the original soundtracks for all of that music. So like, if you just wanted to have a jazzy mood in your house, Totally do it. That would be such a good playlist. You could have just a picture of Jadeite studying to steal people's souls or whatever, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, he's going to use this jewelry and this evil clone of Naru's mom to get the Dragon Balls <laughs> using the jewelry, I guess, is what's happening? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. We talked about how the prices are crazy in this store. Like, there's a 500,000 yen ring that Usagi wants that is brought down to 30,000. Uh, so it's like from $4.5,000 to $300. 
I mean, huge, huge price reduction, which just makes me question, is any of this actually real jewelry or what? Well, I would say that it's not that the jewelry is worth less. It's that they want all the people to wear it so they can use the jewelry to suck out the energy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I was thinking about it from the perspective of an actual business owner and not an evil (laughs) demon. You were thinking of it as a capitalist? (laughs) I don't think the evil demon really is there to make money. I think the evil demon is there to suck out people's souls. Literally, I I didn't even think about that while I was watching the scene. I was like, oh man, 300 bucks for a ring. I guess that's like the equivalent of an Atari at that time. Like, how is Usagi getting that much allowance? But yeah, I guess the focus should really be more on like the evil jazz plot that's happening. (laughs) You like jazz? I don't know why Usagi thinks she's going to buy jewelry anyways, because it's not like she can wear it anyways. Is that true? Are you not allowed to wear jewelry to school or anything? Um, in Japan, generally, just kids can't wear jewelry to school. Oh. We had a Filipino girl move to our area, and she came in wearing makeup and a bunch of rings and jewelry, and everyone thought she was a horrible delinquent. Oh my gosh. Because she was wearing jewelry, and they had to like have a talk with her about how she can't wear jewelry at school. Of course, she's not a delinquent. Like She just came from an area, a place where she's allowed to wear jewelry to school. And makeup right. and stuff, but in Japan, you're generally not allowed to. Wow, so they're they're drooling over stuff that costs hundreds or thousands of dollars, and they're going to get to use it when they're at a formal event and nothing else? Yeah, I mean, in your spare time, I guess you could wear whatever, but kids don't get out of school very early in Japan, and then usually you're off to doing tutoring and stuff like that after school too, so yeah, I don't know where she thinks she's going to wear that jewelry. She either gets that idea or is super bummed by the exploitation of the working class that's happening in this place. So she leaves. (laughs) While she's doing this, she crumples up her test. She manages to hit this guy with dark hair and a crazy suit in the head. I hate you! I hate you! You stupid test! Netting her 10 points and defeating her first (laughs) villain. You failed to mention his amazing, extremely rectangular sunglasses. Thank you. Well, I was trying to save it because I wanted to say that this guy is literally every love interest in every modern K drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's wearing an oversized suit coat that doesn't match. The suit coat is green, the pants are purple, and he has a black turtleneck underneath. It's the kind of thing where it it looks absolutely insane when you think about it, but then when like an attractive person wears it, you're like, ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I, I had written down, Mama-chan is still hot. I will say, he's not annoying yet. I distinctly remember him getting on my nerves from watching it back in the day, but basically he seems like just kind of a normal guy who's maybe a little bit straightforward with Usagi. So I always found Tuxedo Mask really annoying and useless, (laughs) but I always liked Mamo-chan. Yes, I definitely concur with that. Mamo-chan, he's just just a guy. He's just going through his life. And then, you know, this weird girl throws something at him. The fact that he didn't freak out on her, it it just really is just a testament to him being an even-keeled guy. I do hate how in the Deke dub, he calls her Meatball Head, which I liked. Yeah. And I hate, I hate, 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 forever. How they changed it to Bunhead. I'm so glad, Cassie. I thought that for sure both of you would be against me in this, but I am, I am pro Meatball Head a thousand percent. No, I definitely agree. And I'd be okay if they just went with a more literal translation, like dumpling head. But to me, bun head has no charm to it. Yeah. Meatball head I get because it's like, haha, you've got like two meatballs on your head. And dumpling head makes sense because that's literally what he says. Like, mm-hmm. odango atama, odango are like dumplings. <laughs> right. Okay, this, this might be going too far. But I feel like growing up, I always thought that Serena's pigtails kind of looked like spaghetti and therefore meatball head like made sense yeah 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 Yeah, it worked yeah Yeah. cool i'm glad that we're on board i again i was expecting to immediately be kicked off of the podcast for saying that no no i think that's something that that we can all agree on for the audience of this localized version calling them meatballs makes a lot of sense (laughs) yeah i'd be okay if they in the sub if they changed it to meatball head too yeah bun head just has no charm All right, somebody get the president of Japan on the line. (laughs) I have him on speed dial. (laughs) They don't have a president, you know that, right? Dear (laughs) Obama-sama, please help us. 
speaking of which, we go back to <laughs> outside of the jewelry store. Uh, Usagi is taking a walk downtown to get back home, presumably, uh, and we see a Sailor V poster for her video game, which looks pretty great. She's fighting Batman gangsters and giant coronaviruses, mm-hmm. so we know that she's doing her part to flatten the curve. Thanks, Sailor V. I mean, at the very least, it's better than all the toddlers that Usagi is fighting, right? You know, you, you got to start somewhere. Maybe Sailor V started with toddlers and worked her way up to gangsters and COVID. That's a very good point. I hadn't considered the video game logic that you have to start with toddlers, <laughs> like in every video game. You got to level up. <laughs> oh, God. That's I mean, that is the worst part about playing Mortal Kombat is just all the toddlers. <laughs> I should cut that. <laughs> So we find out that uh, this cat can talk, and I'm very curious as to what you think, Cassie, because, again, I miss the voice actress for this cat. We still don't know her name, so I'm just going to keep saying, this cat can talk. A talking cat? Wow! A talking cat? That's just stupid. That's the best you could come up with. The original voice, uh, Jill Frappier, I think. It might be pronounced Frappier, (laughs) but I'm going to say Jill Frappier. Um, She is super prolific in modern television. She was on Titans, uh, Schitt's Creek, Kim's Convenience. Uh, Nothing that I've watched because I'm a nerd, but like actual normal person television. (laughs) I feel like her voice had this sort of Angela Lansbury kind of warm motherly tone to it, if that makes sense. My name is Luna, and I have been searching for you for a very long time. Yeah, I actually was also going to say that in some ways it reminds me of Angela Lansbury. It makes me think about, Mm. like, Mrs. Potts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I know a lot of people hated the Deke dub voice for her. Really? Me. But I didn't mind it. Like, everyone's like, oh, they made her sound like an old woman. And I'm like, well, how do you know she's not an old woman cat? Yeah. Did you ask the cat for her age? You would, you don't know. It's rude to ask a cat her age. I completely agree with that. But I, I am one of those people that hated her dub voice because they make her sound old. Canonically, she's a year younger than Usagi. What? Yeah, which we only really realize when you get to the uh, either the S or the Super S movie, when she transforms into her human form. God, I don't think I ever got to that point. I can see how that would be like really weird to have like an older sounding voice and then have her transform into like a young person. But I still don't hate it. It made the cat seem more <sighs> wizened yeah. and, and sort of like the older mentor. Like that made sense to me. It adds weight to what the cat is saying because you're like, oh, this cat is old. This cat knows what it's talking about. <laughs> like I should be listening to this cat. <laughs> uh, you know, of course, that's not true ever in real life either. Just because someone's old doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Truth. But if a cat tells me something, I always listen, regardless of its age. That's a good general policy. Indeed. Attention, kids! I urge you to accept me as your ruler. And in this case, she's giving us our first hint that something weird is going on. Apart from the, again, cat having a bald spot slash yellow fur. Oh, I hate thinking about it so much. (laughs) Cheese cat. Cheese cat. Cheese Cheese cat. cat. But she basically says, oh, this is this is the Usagi that I've been looking for. I found seven other Usagis and they were not the right one. And what did she do with them afterwards? We all know what happens when cats, you know, are done with people. They just yeet them away. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say that uh, apart from the whole cat voice actress thing, Usagi's voice is so cute in this version like she she does the whole like crying over her test thing Mm -hmm. um she's going home and she has to face her mom i can't believe i have to bring this stupid test home (laughs) so we're mentally preparing ourselves for her to go home and for her mom to suplex her through the couch because Mm -hmm. of the test score and it turns out that uh oh god umino melvin Umino. Yeah. Uh, he told Usagi's mom about the test. Oh, by the way, I bumped into Umino earlier, and he said you got your test back already. What? I can't believe that Usagi would continue to be his friend after this. Snitches get stitches, Melvin. <laughs> Jeez, Melvin. How dare you? What kind of kid talks to someone else's mom? That was something that had come to my mind, too, like, where were they where they ran into each other um she probably went to the grocery store to buy groceries 
and he went to the grocery store to buy a magazine about (laughs) math and that's how they met (laughs) math porn magazine (laughs) (laughs) my favorite publication that tracks I read it for the articles, guys, honestly. <laughs> um, when Usagi's mom finds out, she reenacts the leak spin with her spatula, as you do. Um, and she kicks her kid to the curb, which seems harsh, especially because that is the natural environment of irritating younger brothers. <laughs> I don't remember this kid at all. Like, I, I forgot that Usagi had a brother. Uh, and I found out later that it's because the scene was not in the Deke version. So they completely cut this fight that happened. I sure wish I had a sister who wasn't a total loser. Oh, how dare you talk to me like that? So regardless of that, the voice actor for Usagi's brother, who did I even write his name down? I didn't. I'm very good at taking notes. His name is Shingo. Shingo, right. The VO for this character is doing a great job of making me want him to call him a dork and take away his vape pen. So that is... Uh... <laughs> Truth. <laughs> That was my reaction. Um, (laughs) I was very excited. We get to see our second action scene. You know, we had our throwing the test at the well-dressed young man with dark hair. uh, And now we get to see Usagi versus the front door and the front door wins. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's good to see her fighting something other than toddlers. She's really moving up in the world. Yeah, just leveling up all over the place. She beat those toddlers. I'd say that she didn't win against Mamo-chan. I think he beat her thoroughly with his uh, tongue lashing. Oh, so the test was like an initial salvo, but then he got in the final psychological damage. The killing blow. (laughs) Yeah, he like parry and repost, and then he definitely got like a critical hit in. We get a scene back at the jewelry store um, where all the fancy ladies from before are finally starting to feel the negative effects of rampant capitalism. Feels great until Nestle starts selling you back your own tainted tap water, you know? Exactly. Thanks, Nestle. They're all falling unconscious except for Naru and her mom. Um, And at this point, Naru has seen the writing on the wall. Her mom is full bourgeoisie. I don't know why I was going to shorten it and then I didn't, but I didn't. So yeah, they've been there for a while. And um, Usagi is back at her home. And uh, despite the fact that everyone else is losing their literal souls to jewelry, she decides to take a nap, which is a very bad idea. At nighttime. Yeah, but she's putting off her homework. And speaking from personal experience, if you go to bed before you start your homework... The only thing you can do is wake up at four or five in the morning and do it in secret while your parents are still asleep. Yeah, but this is Sikino Usagi. She's not going to do it. Right. Like, we we already know that, like, she has better things to be doing and studying is not one of them. So she's trying to take a nap and it turns out this cat can break and enter. Yeah, she has opposable thumbs. See, I I told you he could drive. Chances look out! (laughs) She can also summon chunky jewelry, which I'm very into. Um, she talks to Usagi, summons up this, like, beautiful giant brooch thing, uh, and we are officially getting dangerously close to this episode of Sailor Moon having a Sailor Moon in it. I know, it's like, uh, we spent all this time shopping and doing tests, and now, what, we getting a magical girl too? Yeah, and she transforms. Moon Prism Power Makeup! As always, the transformation sequence beautifully animated they spent a couple of bucks on it because it's going to get reused in every episode from now until the end of time well until you no longer have this power and you outgrow it dun 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 yeah sometimes she gets a uniform upgrade so well that's exciting i did not realize that i either don't remember or didn't see that far into the show yeah the show goes for 200 episodes if she were still using the same transformation by the end of it it'd be a little bit uh disappointing the other thing that i totally forgot about was that her hair orbs are like light up speakers i didn't realize that yes (laughs) uh sailor moon would be amazing at a dance party exactly she brings the party wherever she goes i can't do like the thing but pretend i'm doing like the rave noises (laughs) i can probably edit something in there you go So she brings her light-up speaker hair accessories, which I want very badly, to the horror movie section of the episode. Yeah, they're all zombies. Yeah, and Naru's mom is totally doing a Crypt Keeper. Oh yeah. Yeah, she like shriveled up real good. She needs to drink some water. Exactly, hydration is key. That's a good reminder for everyone listening to the podcast. Stay hydrated. Let's all take a moment to sip. (laughs) 
Sip, 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 sip. Now that we've had a moment to uh, to make sure that we don't turn into Naru's mom, Sailor Moon does basically everything wrong for a zombie outbreak. She's wearing heels, her hair is longer than her entire body, and she did not bring her Moon Prism power chainsaw. She doesn't even have, like, a, a riot shield, a bat with some spikes. No, all of these things are basic, basic stuff, and she's 14. She should have seen enough zombie material to know about this. Remember... She literally just got her powers. She she doesn't know what she's doing. She didn't know that she was supposed to bring her own clubs. She hasn't taken zombie lessons yet. That's fair. I'm I'm looking forward to that episode when she does get those zombie <laughs> lessons finally from her talking cat friend. So Sailor Moon, because she is lacking in uh, expertise in this area, unfortunately, she goes down like instantly and is definitely bleeding and it looks like she is going to immediately lose and die. And she does the one thing she knows to do. Cry. Which summons this uh, guy who is in a tuxedo, a top hat, a cape, and a domino mask. And he definitely is not that dude in the suit from earlier. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, definitely a different person. Completely. We never met him before. Who is this masked man? This masked man who offers nothing but extremely unhelpful advice and then does literally yeah, nothing else. and just else. <laughs> He is so useless. Incredibly. The one good thing to come out of this character's introduction is that it inspired my irrational love of castanets, which continues to this very day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear a castanet and you're like, oh no, he's coming. <laughs> I'm always hopeful. That's why I bought castanets and use them every day, and it just never happens. Oh man, he must be busy with helping Sailor Moon. Quote unquote helping Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, helping. <laughs> and I love how he's like, don't cry, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon, you have to remember that crying isn't going to solve any of your problems. He offers his crappy advice, and then the cat tells Sailor Moon that the only way to truly defeat capitalism is to throw away her attachment to personal possessions, starting with her tiara. Yep. Which absolutely works. It destroys the bourgeois Narumam and uh, teaches the former zombies the power of collective bargaining and progressive taxation. What a nice dream. I was going to say, I think you got a little bit uh, more out of it than I did. <laughs> I'm just, I'm calling it like I see it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> The question I always have in these episodes, they're collected this power, right? Does Jedi not take that power and put it in the power bank? He's just holding it in his hands. And then Usagi's like, oh, I fucked up your zombies. And he's like, oh, man, there goes all my power. Oh, shoot. <laughs> like, put it in a box. Can I get a box? You guys have batteries? He doesn't know. I don't know how the, what is what do we call it? Is it the Negaverse? No, it's the Dark Kingdom, goddammit. Whatever. Didn't they call it that in the dub? <laughs> Yeah, it was the Negaverse and the Negaforce. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that I didn't make that up. <laughs> no, it's too good. It's so good. The Oracle says it's time to attack the other dimension to unleash the power of the Negaforce. Just like that, everyone is defeated and we go back to school where everybody remembers a cool dream that they had about Sailor Moon. Yay! Except Usagi, who is clearly suffering from sleep deprivation. Awesome! <laughs> where are the child labor laws in like conjunction with being a superhero? Yeah, Sailor V is definitely going to find this talking cat and just haul her off to prison. Like... <laughs> Arrested. We're basically wrapping up the episode here. Uh, Usagi is really in a bad spot, and I hope that she gets some sleep between episodes. Mm -hmm. We still don't know who that guy is wearing a suit and then wearing a different suit, and we don't know the name of the cat, which is really weird to me. We have been talking for a very long time about this episode, but I feel like we should get an opinion as to what everybody thinks about it. Um, Rewatching it. Cassie, what did you think? It's the first episode, so it's kind of just introducing the characters, whatever. I don't know. I don't have that much of an opinion about it. I'm just like, yep, that was the first episode. It happened. It's like eating yogurt. It's like, is this really good yogurt? I don't know. That's kind of hard to say. <laughs> Yeah, there's not much. They didn't. Give, they don't give you that much in the first episode to really work with. So it's hard to be like, yeah, that show was awesome. It lives up to my expectations. And what about for you, Ali? Same thing. Um. Yes and no. Uh. So you know, again, it lives up to the expectations that I have. That I've seen this episode, uh, like a million times at this point in my life. 
and every time it just makes me smile and feel happy that I'm once again being drawn into the world of Sailor Moon where there are these female superheroes that are going going around and kicking butt and for the episode itself it was like yay just coming home again to old friends oh that's sweet that's that's kind of what I was Mm -hmm. feeling too it's a very low-key episode. You don't get the bigger personalities like the other Sailor Scouts or Child Soldiers, as we're calling them. We have Usagi bouncing off of the suit guy and the cat and her mom and her friends at school, but I think the interest of the show really picks up once you get more of the like interesting cast. That being said, this episode has a very homey feel to it. I don't know why, whenever I watch this kind of thing... Japan in anime feels like a home away from home. It feels like this other place that is intimately familiar. And it's nice to sink down into the jacuzzi of this episode and just enjoy the the ride, even if you don't have a lot of jets on right now. Does that make sense to anyone other than me? No, I get it. Like, I mean, I have a nostalgia for Japan because I lived there, so... (laughs) That's fair. Sounds like overall warm, fuzzy feelings. So now, it's time... For our first real segment of this podcast. Woohoo! One of the saddest things for me about rewatching this is that there is no Sailor Moon Says, which was a segment of the original show um, where Sailor Moon would basically lecture you about things that you should do in your real life. Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. (laughs) Yep, because if there's anybody that I listen to to give me life advice... It's a cartoon character. Especially a cartoon character who is shown to be extremely incompetent. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure that even if this version of Sailor Moon does not have Sailor Moon Says, our podcast will. We are doing Sailor Moon Says, guys. This is happening. Woo! Sailor Moon Says! (laughs) Since this is my segment and I am strong-arming everyone else into doing what I want, I'm going to go first. Thanks, Josie. (laughs) Moral number one. Always rip off band-aids whenever you see them. They're just holding back that person or animal's magical powers. Please make sure if you're walking down the street and someone has a band-aid, bandages, uh, casts, anything like that, you absolutely have to remove it so that these people can reach their true potential. And this is the point where I have to say that we have to be careful with this message because we might accidentally make a million dollars selling herbal supplements to people. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag extremely not sponsored. (laughs) so what about you Allie what is your Sailor Moon says for this episode my Sailor Moon says is moral number two always rip up the test results that you get back as we've learned it's very important that nobody knows exactly how incompetent you are so that way you can still get promoted into the highest level of abilities that you don't actually qualify for what what would you say you do here so just make sure you just rip them up, put them in the trash, delete all of your hard drives, and still go for that promotion. You deserve it. So it's kind of commit arson, is what you're saying. I mean, you don't necessarily need to, you know, like, set everything on fire, uh, but, you know, just don't leave any of your tracks. We don't have Sailor Mars on the show yet, so specifically burning things is not really... Exactly. Uh... Exactly. It's, it's not really recommended. All right. What about you, Cass? Well, Sailor Moon says, Moral number three. You should always let stray cats into your home. Because you never know what cat will give you powers. And if you want to be powerful, you need a lot of cats. And if you don't let them in, they're gonna break and enter into your house anyway. That's true. You might as well take the path of least resistance. Yeah, regardless, you're still gonna get fleas. So just do it. Just let them in. Do you think this cat's fleas can talk? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that was. <laughs> I mean, unless like she gets the talking power from her blood. Mm. So if her blood has magical properties that allow her to talk, and then the fleas drink the blood, they could potentially also get the magic power to talk. But if her ability to talk comes from something besides her blood, then I'd say no. I would subscribe to your podcast. <laughs> Which actually is a uh, a great way for us to go into uh, the <laughs> end of our episode. I think we've uh, we've talked about it as much as I think any person can reasonably talk about the first episode of Sailor Moon. Yep, we have beat that that horse dead. 
yeah, hopefully everybody had fun here. And uh, Allie, why don't you tell everybody where they can find this podcast? Certainly. You can visit our website at they'renotcousinscast.com. We are also available on social media. You can find us at at notcousinscast on Twitter uh, and they're not cousins cast on Instagram and not cousins cast on Facebook. Should you want to listen to us blather further on about Sailor Moon, you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I'm going to upload this to YouTube. So pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, it will be available. And if you don't find it, you can send us an email at they're not cousins cast at gmail.com and I will get it up for you. Our theme music is from Zach Meow. You can find him on iTunes and Spotify. Wonderful, wonderful song. Thank you for allowing us to use it, Zach. That is it for our show. We will see you again next time. I'm Josie. I'm Allie. And I'm Cassie. And we may not know everything about Sailor Moon, but we do know they're they're not not cousins. cousins.